Hello friends, this is Matt and this is Something From Everything, a podcast about embracing meaning and discovering wisdom through telling better stories. And this story, well this story came out of an unexpectedly incredible day. I work in an emergency department with some truly amazing humans and after the last few years of only being able to see each other at work, and work being one of the only spaces where we saw people other than our family or roommates on a regular basis, we decided it's time to hang out outside of those four walls. Now, these eMERGE nurses and docs, they have a bit of a reputation as adrenaline junkies, and sometimes that is absolutely deserved, which I find strange because that's not really me. And see, I enjoy the unpredictable nature of the work and I enjoy being flexible and reprioritizing, but I'm not usually seeking ways to raise that heart rate. <laughs> but we all have friends that pull us forward, that expand our edges, that invite us just a little further than we might go on our own. And I've come to be so appreciative of those people. And so this story, this story is a reflection on how we live when we're just outside of what is safe and certain. And that, that desire for certainty, it's a bit of a trap. And there's a lot of play in the uncertain. I hope that you enjoy it. I'm so thankful that you're here. This one is titled Playing with Uncertainty. Thanks for listening. Come for a ride, they said. It'll be fun, they said. They were right. Earlier this spring, a number of my friends and colleagues at the emergency department were meeting up for a day of mountain biking at Smith Creek, a popular bike park in West Kelowna. Under the promise of lots of easy trails for beginners, all lies, I loaded up my bike in the pouring rain and headed to the trailhead, wondering what exactly I had committed to. I had reasons for concern. Biking is a sport with nearly religious devotion within our department, with many converts sporting new and impressive injuries regularly. Bruised shoulders, cut up lower legs and shins, and even the occasional broken collarbone or rib fracture. And that's to say nothing of the biking injuries that we triage and treat on a regular basis. They have seen what the sport can do, and somehow they are still hungry for more. Now, I'm relatively comfortable on a bike, and I'm no stranger to winding narrow trails in the bush, but most of my riding these days tends to be on family-friendly, wide, easy trails. But with between 400 and 700 feet of elevation, ramps, drop-offs, ladders, and tree bridges, Smith Creek was slightly more technical. From the parking lot, the park opens vertically before you, and the long climb up is filled with winding, switchbacking trails, filled with narrow turns, plenty of roots, cobblestones, and the occasional boulder. I quickly found a group of friends who were mostly intermediate or beginner downhill riders, and occasionally the towering pines would open just before us, offering a panoramic view of Okanagan Lake, a reminder of just how far we had climbed and the promise of the downhill before us. As we approached the intersection of our downhill trailhead, I heard wild hollering above me. A series of riders flew past and I watched in amusement as a colleague who is usually reserved 
calm and cautious at work, came barreling through the trees, his dog chasing close behind him, and he launched his bike over the ramp before us and then disappeared into the trees below, his excited yells still echoing behind him. The beginner riders in our group looked at each other with equal amounts, bewilderment, anticipation, and trepidation. Well, here we are. And with that short statement of acceptance, we began our descent. Our first section of the trail was a series of downhill switchbacks. It was also a series of learnings in very quick succession, a hopefully crashless crash course on downhill biking. I learned quickly the danger of the front brake, that when traveling at a steep incline, you may not want your front wheel to abruptly stop spinning. Unfortunately, the rear brake is also hazardous, as clamping down on that brake repeatedly caused my back tire to skid, threatening to lay my bike down under me as I leaned into a tight turn. Counterintuitively, the greatest control was found with my wheels spinning freely, feathering the brakes rather than gripping them tightly, and committing to the forces of gravity and momentum rather than fighting against them with each new section. I began to see the track in these small, segmented sections out of pure necessity. The trail was diverse and varied, steep slopes followed by straight-ish sections, narrow turns through the trees followed by open expanses. I imagined that a more experienced rider would come to enjoy the flow of the trail and begin to see each section in its connection to the whole. But as this was my initiation, I was just trying to survive. A quick visual scan ahead, and then an equally quick decision and commitment to the approach of the next 20 meters, the next 10 seconds, the next turn or ramp or landmark. Scan, commit, and attempt, again and again. And this stunted and sectional approach served me well. I survived each new challenge, each new sheer drop or tight corner, often with greater luck than skill and I arrived back at the parking lot with only minor injuries. Our group of amateurs and intermediates were all grinning at each other like Cheshire cats. I felt like I had achieved something monumental, but I also realized that this too was likely a result of my inexperience. Certainly, the more seasoned riders were not clapping each other on the back for merely surviving the trail. Perhaps, perhaps some of them would even be yawning, bored by the familiarity and ease that experience had bought them. But of course, this was not the case. Every rider, without exception, was grinning. Conversations focused on a particular section that surprised or challenged them, a turn that they could have taken better or a jump that always gave them pause. No one was bored. No one had nailed down the perfect run. I'm not even sure they believed in such a thing. As familiar as the trail was, no rider was ever 100% certain of what lay beyond the next turn. Have you noticed that there is a connection between uncertainty and wholehearted living? That those who are most alive and engaged are never 100% certain of what lies beyond the next turn? We live in a culture that loves the promise of certainty. If you have eyes for it, you will begin to see certainty peddled everywhere. If you do this thing, you will get this result. 
If you buy this product, your life will be better. If you join this group, you will find your purpose and belonging. What is always on offer is the promise of certainty. When I became a father for the first time, my wife and I felt the immense black hole-like pull to the promise of certainty. We obviously had no idea what we were doing, and we searched wildly for the best information on how to raise a child. And seemingly an answer, everywhere we went, we would be beset with unsolicited parenting advice. In the line at the grocery store, picking up our children from daycare, at gatherings with complete strangers. We soon learned that anyone and everyone had an opinion on how to raise a child, and behind each unsolicited tip was the same promise of certainty. Do this, they said, in a hundred different ways, and your child will turn out all right. But invariably, each pearl of wisdom would be incompatible with our life or contradict the advice we had just received from someone else. At night, we read giant tomes of parenting books written by authors with PhDs attached to their names, citing exhaustive research. And then we would read another book from another author with similar credentials and research arguing the exact opposite approach to correct parenting. For me, there came a moment of clarity amidst the confusion. Oh, no one knows for certain. There was still plenty to learn from each book, every article, even from every unwanted piece of advice tossed our way. But soon enough, we learned the liberating truth. There is no certainty, no mathematical formula, no answers that always work in parenting or any other aspect of our life. In the lack of certainty, we become a lot like the downhill bike rider. We are very interested in the road ahead. We scan as much as we can see of the next section. We commit to what seems like our best actions and approaches, and we move forward with equal parts hope and trepidation. And then we do it again and again. That uncertain liminal space is uncomfortable at the best of times and occasionally agonizing when so much is at stake. But a bit of doubt, it makes you flexible. Each parenting approach and decision had to be held loosely, always available for scrutiny to be discussed and adjusted. An approach that would work wonderfully the first time might fall absolutely flat the second. What worked with one child would almost never work with another. Undoubtedly, some approaches were better than others. Some constructive and some destructive. Some were wise and some were foolish. Sometimes we wouldn't know which is which until much later. Some we still don't know. There is so much still in play. But play is the right word here, because whether we're talking about biking, parenting, or any other aspect of our life, we are alive in those moments of uncertainty and curiosity. We are playing with it all, even and especially when the stakes are high. We know that there is real danger here, so we pay attention. 
And even when we gain some experience, learn some lessons, gain some wisdom, we keep playing. We learn that what lies beyond the next turn is never certain, but we also learn that we wouldn't want it to be. We enjoy being in the thick of it. We don't get the false security of certainty, but we do get something much, much better. We get to play. Well, friends, that is it. Episode 24 of the Something From Everything podcast, Playing With Uncertainty. Thank you for listening. The music at the intro and playing now is All Star by Adrian Berenger, and at the end was Now or Never by Michael Vignola. All tracks are royalty-free, and you can find them through storyblocks.com. If you enjoy these podcasts, I'd love it if you shared it with a friend, left me a review on Apple Podcasts, or dropped me a note about it. You can read the full text of any of my posts at www.somethingfromeverything.com. Leave me your email there and I can even let you know when I have something especially noteworthy coming up. You can also follow this podcast and see regular updates by following Something From Everything on Instagram or Facebook. And you can see full videos of some of these recordings on Instagram or YouTube. If you're looking for even more audio podcasts to listen to, I have another very different podcast for you to check out. It's called Navigating a Resurrection, and it is a long-form conversation with people reflecting on how they put their life back together after a significant change. It's one I do with my good friend Ronnie and a different guest each episode. It's a very different podcast than this one, but I like it, and maybe you will too. You can find links to everything I've mentioned here in the show notes, Finally, my friends, I hope that you can see when certainty is being peddled. I hope you can see the desire for certainty for the trap that it is. I hope that you are uncertain, but alive, flexible, and filled with joy. And occasionally terror, but mostly joy. May you pay attention, and may you play in all of the areas of life that mean the most, as we all make something from everything. Thanks, friends.